and welcome to another Model Railroad Hobbyist Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Gillette. Joining me is Ryan Anderson of Model Railcast Podcast. Anyway, this is part three of our series with Jack Burgess. This time we're going to be talking about some of Jack's most recent articles in January and February of 2011, issue of Model Railcast Easing. Okay, we also want to talk to Jack about uh, two layouts that you have seen. One uh, is Kermit Paul's on the uh, current issue, the March issue of MRH, and then uh, Steve Cavanaugh's uh, layout, which was featured on January 2011 edition. So, Jack, tell us, they're going to be on the tour, correct, at the uh, National Convention? Yes, they will be. Um Stephen is on a self-guided tour on Wednesday. Uh, Kermit is on tour on either Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and both articles were a lot of fun to do. I, I've known both guys for a long, long time um, and had been to Kermit's layout before. Uh, Kermit is really into animation. He loves the challenge of animating things, so there's a lot of sound effects. Uh, and you can learn a lot of interesting ideas um you know the a lot of people are not into animation too much but the sound effects are kind of cool um and it's a very very nice layout huge room actually a basement that he had had dug under his house uh this layout started out in a garage and uh he decided he wanted to expand it and so it is a freelance layout modeling uh, around 1944 um a lot of a lot of cool effects. Um, get a lot of inspiration from it. Um, Stevens layout I had not seen before. I'd seen his previous layout. This one is in a three car garage, which means it's twenty by thirty or so, and it is a double deck mushroom modeling WP Western Pacific Railroad through the Feather River Canyon. And right. the most amazing thing about it is he did not draw it up ahead of time. He did not have a formal plan. Um, he just, he kind of knew what he wanted. He had done a mushroom before and um, you get in and you can't believe, I mean, it, it, it's a linear layout, very sincere. Tracks don't go through the same scene twice, but it just seems like it goes on and on and on and you just keep following your train and um, it's amazing how he has been able to to do that and still get access to it. He has pop-ups where you wouldn't believe. Um, <laughs> it just keeps but, looping back on itself, huh? Well, it doesn't really. It, um, Like I say, it's it's a mushroom, and so there are sections that are true mushroom, and then there are sections that are just double-decked. And the true mushroom is one that has, you can think of it as having a, a, um, a stud wall, for example, or a, a vertical wall. It's going to be your backdrop. And tracks on both sides, but they occupy the space one above the other. And so it takes a lot of visualization to build and, and figure out a mushroom design. And if you think about it, you've got tracks on one layer facing one direction, and directly under it is tracks facing the other direction. So how do you get to your switch machines, for example? So right. he's, got, he's got little lift outs where he, he grabs a, a tall pine tree and kind of yanks it out of the ground. The ground comes with it, and there is a surface-mounted switch machine under it. Um, and so wow. he's got a lot of, of 
of problems that he had to address of, of getting access to tracks that maybe are they're looping, you're on the second or third deck and they're looping out away from you to gain some elevation. And um, how do you get up there to clean track and, and maintain things? So it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing design. And the, the feedback on the article was very interesting to read as people were trying to figure out this layout. Um, Charlie Comstock had the, the task of trying to draw it up without ever having visited it. And so uh, Stephen had some sketches, and, and I, they were literally sketches. They were not to scale of the various levels and how things connected. And um, I took my camera with a wide angle, actually a fisheye lens, and just walked down the aisles and shot picture after picture after picture and stuck them on a little map for Charlie so he can kind of visualize it. And he ultimately started trying to draw it up and called Stephen and he said his, his cell phone battery went dead on him. He was on the phone for so long trying to understand this plan and how to draw it up in 3D without ever having visited the layout. So um, it kind of shows you how the complexity of it. And what's, what's kind of interesting is the complexity is, is all hidden because it's not like you're seeing uh, three dozen tracks at one time. You're seeing a track. But uh, how they get around the room and, and climb up to get to where they need to go is, is pretty interesting. So both of them are layouts that um, that you can learn a lot from. Well, Okay, well, and even uh, Joe Siskiyou Lines is, shares that mushroom uh, construction, I believe. Correct, it does. Uh, there, okay. there are not too many mushroom layouts around. Um, I don't know if I could have. I don't think I could have designed one and built it when I was working on my layout. Well, Little and to go to back to the point, Jack, he he didn't design it. He built it. Yeah, he just started building. You know? That's amazing. You know, he, now, he started out with the Kenny Y, the bridge. You know, it's a very famous bridge with a Y. And uh, he didn't build it to scale. I mean, that would take up the whole garage. But he kind of started there, at least visually, and uh, just started building all three directions. Uh, it's kind of cool. So to go back to this uh, Charlie having to draw up the track plan from sketches and photos, um, once again, guys, this is the Model Railroad Hobbyist. This, this easing, this multimedia magazine is amazing. And Charlie not only had to create that track plan – from photos and sketches, but it looks like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, he also created a 3D spin, a 3D view of the track layout, Correct. or the layout itself. And you don't get that in just any magazine, but you get it in Model Railroad Hobbyist. So if you go check out the January 2011 issue of Steve Cavanaugh's Western Pacific Railroad, article by Jack Burgess, you'll get to see some of this amazing stuff, including uh, some shots of, like, lifting up the tree to access a switch machine. Very cool stuff, Jack. Great article. Thank you. Yeah, the article starts on uh, page 50 of the January issue. Yeah. Beautiful scenery. Well, you know, Great that's one nice, one nice thing about Model Railroad Hobbyists is there's not really a page limit per se. So, you know, I might shoot 10 photos and think, okay, you can use 
three or four of them would be kind of typical. And it turns out Joe uses all of them. Um, so it really gives you a, a, a chance to see some layouts and, and then come to the convention and get to see these layouts in person. Okay, well, it's some fantastic model creation there. And so then we've got uh, Kermit Paul's issue coming up in March, which ought to be available any day now. Yes, it should be next Monday, first Monday of the month. And what is something – is there something special or unique that we're going to see in your article on Kermit Paul's layout? Yes, um, the animation is very interesting. I didn't videotape much of it or very little of it, um, but it's a big layout for California. We don't have big spaces out here unless people build them, you know, a purpose-built building. Um, but in the article itself, I talk about some of his sound effects. He's using um, a device to run sound effects. This is it has a thunder and lightning show and rain effects and, and so forth. And um, it sounds very simple, very easy way to do it because the sound effects are on um, SIM cards. I guess I would SIM card through our phone, uh, but like a, a camera chip. And so you can just plug yeah, an chip. SD card. Yeah, there you go. So you can plug that into your computer, download, download the WAV files, and then this device can be triggered by a push button, by a photocell, by a uh, motion detector or whatever, and plays the sound effects. And it's so much easier than the way it was done 20, 30 years ago. Um, he also has a full CTC dispatcher board, runs the trains by CTC or with a CTC mis machine. Um, so it's a very, very interesting layout, very um, easy to, to visit and so forth. Um, you know, not a lot of climbing around and climbing stairs and, you know, a lot of space. So it's also a, a, going to be a, a very fun layout to, to see in person. Well, the uh, I have a preview copy of the uh, of the issue and just the opening page of uh, Kermit's layout with what you talked about animation, dramatic uh, lighting effects. I mean, it's as if you're looking on a panoramic shot of a major metropolitan city with all the skyscrapers. And everything uplit the way they uh, they did. I guess his layout is set what in the forties because I see uh, cab Fords and stuff here. Yeah. So I mean, it's just beautiful work. Yeah, and the the lighting effects at nighttime are really kind of cool. Uh, it's nineteen forty four is when he's modeling around June actually. Um, but you, you know, he turns the lights down. And he has a program to turn the lights down and turn all the the lighting up. And and you look in the uh, um, one of the buildings and you can see people dancing, you know, turning and dancing and hear the music and so forth. Um, so the lighting effects are, are very, very nice. Uh, you know, a lot of people can turn the lights down, but you know, you, all you have is a few street lights. He has lights on the cars and lights shining up on the buildings and, you know, the whole ball of wax. Pretty dramatic. Yeah, and just some of the panoramic views, he, the way he's built the layout, uh, you're looking almost widthwise of a big city scene, and it's just immense. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's a big room, but I'm trying to remember. I think that city scene is like 15 feet long by 10 feet wide. I mean, it's huge. You know, it's not 
some skyscrapers, you know, with little bitty buildings next to them. Um, it's skyscrapers in context and, and you can look toward the back and there's actually an aisleway back there that you can't see that's hidden by buildings. But there are mirrors at the very back that are on 45 degree angles so that when you look up at a street, the street continues. He, he keeps on going and going. Um, lot, like I say, a lot of good ideas. Yeah, just a, a lot of really well-executed uh, views there. Incredible scenery and buildings. That must have kept him busy for quite a while. Yeah, he's a kid basher and, um, and has some people help him. Um, so uh, there's some, like I said, there's some nice, nice buildings, some nice modeling there. Great. Well, something, you know, to look forward to next Monday when the magazine hits your uh, computer. Yep. Well, that sounds odd, doesn't it? When the magazine hits your computer. <laughs> the, the times we live in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, Ryan, what else? Well, there's always more. and There's uh, always more. You can uh, find out more. At uh, what's the new the new uh, mrhmag.com model? Correct, the new short version. Yeah, the new short version. Find out more about Model Railcast at modelrailcast.com, and of course uh, you can check out Jack at uh, what's the name of the Yosemite site you have? Yosemite Valley RR. Yosemitevalleyrr.com, and of course the great X2011 um, West. West.org. I wonder why I keep meant so that's X2011West.org, the show to be at this year. And uh, Jack, uh, you you get around. You do clinics all over the place. You're heavily involved in the X2011 unconvention this year. Uh, you do so much for the hobby. You write in articles and everything. And uh, I personally want to thank you for your uh, all the great work you do for for the community. Well, thank you. It, it, it's fun. Keeps you interested. Thank you so much, Jack, for joining us tonight. We will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jack. You're welcome. And hope you've enjoyed the show. Ryan and I have enjoyed it. So be listening to us on iTunes. Search for Model Railroad Hobbyist. It's one of the top downloaded Model Railroad podcasts going. And now we'd like to add something just a little out of the ordinary for what you hear on uh, our podcast. But uh, our colleague Trevor Marshall of the Model Railway radio show sent me a copy of his interview with Carl Arndt. Uh, for those of you familiar with Carl Arndt's work, you know the man was big on doing a lot of railroading in small spaces. Unfortunately, he passed away earlier in March. This was an interview done, I think, last November by Trevor uh, with Mr. Arndt, and it's just fascinating. So I'm, I'm, I'm adding it here. Well, the hobby has lost a real contributor, so our thoughts and prayers go out to his uh, family and our thanks to Trevor for making this available to us. Listen and enjoy.
This is a special edition of the Model Railway Show. I'm Trevor Marshall. By now, most in the Model Railway community will have learned that Carl Arndt, the driving force behind one of the Internet's most popular model railroading-related websites, died on March 4th at his home in Washington State. Carl's website, Micro Small Layouts for Model Railroaders, has been instrumental in popularizing the premise that tiny can be beautiful. Hundreds of people around the world have contributed to Carl's website, and thousands have been inspired by it. If you have not yet visited, you can find the link to his website at our website, themodelrailwayshow.com. When we launched the Model Railway Show in November 2010, Carl was the first person my co-host Jim Martin interviewed for the podcast. For listeners who missed that very first show, this special edition is a rebroadcast of Jim's interview with Carl. Well, if the average home layout is a turkey dinner with the trimmings, then what's a micro layout on hors d'oeuvre? If it is, I'll bet you can't take just one. Carl Arndt's the originator of the website micro-slash-small-layouts for model railroads. I'm going to ask him if that's how he reads it. It boasts no slash. Is that, have I got it right, Carl? No slash. No slash. It's just micro-small-layouts micro for model railroads. Micro-small-layouts for model railroads. Slash is a whole other guy. Anyway, this website boasts about 1,500 layouts. that can be built in a minimum of space. Carl beavers away at the site, producing two e-magazines every month. And fans from around the world eagerly await each issue of the small layout scrapbook. In a past magazine article, I described Carl's micro layout website as inspiring, amusing, and amazing. And I called Carl the doyen of micro layouts, a title that's likely to go unchallenged. Anyway, as you've heard, Carl is with us now from his home in Olympia, Washington. Carl, this is great. Thanks so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Jim. It's great to be here. It's I, a- you've, your article sent... Uh- Hundreds of people looking to the dictionaries to find out what a doyen is. Yeah, well, I... (laughs) Including me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great website. It's one of my favorite time wasters, but only in the nicest way. You understand that. I understand that very well. Thanks so much. It's been listed among the top ten model railroad websites in the world. Got any idea how many people visit it? Sure. Uh, We get about 70,000 or so visitors monthly. Um, that's about three quarters of a million people a year, uh, and and uh, they come from about half of them come from North America, and the other half are from all over the world, some forty or fifty other countries. It's one of one of the things I'm really happy about is that the model railroading, and in particular model railroading in very small spaces, is uh, is popular worldwide. Well, so, yeah. And your your website introduces so many people from different parts of the world to different concepts. Because yeah. I think before the advent of the web, people perhaps model railroaded in boxes. Ideas were developed in one spot but not found in another for a long time. I know people who absolutely wouldn't touch a European model, for example. And nowadays uh, they're, they're in shabby shops and, and people are using them and having fun with them. Well, we're Japanese more, models yeah. recently are becoming the, the N-scale stuff that they're doing is incredibly popular here in the United States. Well, it's a real eye-opener to go on the web and see the quality of models that are, come out of Czechoslovakia, for example, or sure. other countries. It's not just, uh, not just China and uh, North Not just China and Korea, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is a contributor-driven website, isn't it? Do you depend very much on the people to show you what they've been doing? Yeah, but it's a back-and-forth kind of site. 
really started um, oh turn about the turn of the millennium uh, as as I had was working on a new scale called GN15, which is uh, G scale, one twenty second in size, but uh, on very very narrow gauge. 15 inches in the prototype, which works out to very close to 16 and a half millimeters or the HO skill. With the kind of thing you might see on someone's private estate if you had lots of money. You bet, or in an yeah. industrial setting or yeah. various others. And I, I put together the, what turned out to be the first layout that anyone had made in that size. Give us the square footage of this empire that you I was about to do that. It turned <laughs> out to be uh, one square foot. <laughs> so I essentially had on my hands a G-scale, a working G-scale railroad, which uh, did actual work, hauled uh, hauled aggregates from the, from the crusher to the dumping point in one square foot. Well, so I put it on my personal website and got started getting amazing amounts of mail from other people who thought that might be a great idea to have a little tiny railroad that actually worked and could keep you busy and make you and help you have fun in this greatest of all hobbies. Were other people thinking along the same lines independently, or have you been an inspiration to a lot of your contributors? Well, both things are true. As I said, it's a back-and-forth thing. Uh, the English have been doing small layouts for quite some time. There's a fellow named Chris Krupa in Cambridge who, who uh, has been making them and exhibiting them all over Europe for uh, probably 15 or 20 years. But by and large, the general trend of model railroading has been toward filling basements, uh, filling attics or filling bedrooms, spare bedrooms and things like that, with as much layout as you can possibly get. Uh, this is a different idea. The idea is that you can have a lot of fun in a very small space for very little money and uh, making it in, in a very short time, a relatively short time anyway. It's a new branch, really, of model railroading in that sense, and that's that's the. If I've made a contribution, that's that's it. Well, time for me to bait the bear, Carl. Can any layout as small as four square feet or less be called a real model railroad? <laughs> sure, that's what the website is there to prove. And uh, fifteen hundred layouts later, we're I think uh, demonstrating it pretty clearly. Um, a micro layout is actually defined as a small model railroad that's less than three or four square feet in area but that nonetheless has a clear purpose and excellent operating capability. In other words, it's a real railroad. It's a real working model railroad, but uh, in a very tiny space. What kind of tricks are employed to make these small track plans actually work? Oh, heavens. You can't have a number 10 switch on a one-square-foot layout, can you? No, in fact, uh, uh, the square foot, which is the name of it, the square foot estate railway uh, that, I, that I built, a GN15 and a foot, it has no switches, has no turnouts. It uses a uh, a trick called the fiddle yard, which is a backstage movable track that lets you uh, change out the stock or turn it round or things like that without the audience being able to see it. So the uh, the train goes off, uh, you do things to it, it comes back as a different train. Uh, that's one of the one of the most popular tricks. It was actually invented in England, but is widely now used in in a small, very small layouts. Incidentally, the, the, the generic name for these things is minimum space railroads. All right. And micro layouts is one example that I kind of invented that has to be four square feet or less. <laughs> and that's become a minor art form, designing very complex layouts in under four square feet. <laughs> so if I'm hearing you correctly, Carl, though, uh, a lot of the practitioners of this may have a larger home layout, but they just want to try something on the side, something new. A lot of people write me notes like I have a, a, a half a mile of, of, of bare wood in, uh, nailed together in my basement that I'm trying hard to fill over the next 10 years. 
but meantime, it's been a heck of a lot of fun to, to build a, a little one-by-four-foot uh, bookshelf and have a switching layout that I can play with in the meantime. <laughs> you bet. Well, it's been a heck of a lot of fun for us, Carl, talking with you in the minimum time that we have. Uh, this is a minimum space interview, I guess. Uh, we can't <laughs> begin to describe the imagination and astounding variety of layouts you have to offer at your website, but I have one word for you, and I want you to respond. Shoebox. My favorite. Yeah. I invented, I invented a couple of years back uh, uh, using shoebox, a shoebox-sized layout. Uh, in fact, I, I commissioned a couple of my European friends to uh, to search the shoe stores in Europe to make sure what size their shoe boxes were. We settled on an international canonical shoe box size of thirteen by seven inches and five inches deep. We'll and send people to your layouts to fit in that size. There are a whole bunch of them on my website. Carl, we'll send people to your website so they can see how a layout can fit in a shoebox. You have a book that's for sale. That, that's listed on the website as well. You can find that there, no problems at all. Carl Arndt, it's been a great pleasure. Right. Thanks very, very much for having me, Jim. We've been talking to Carl Arndt. Carl's the originator of the microsite, or the website. I think it's a microsite, a huge microsite. Uh, micro small layouts for model railroaders. He's a driving force behind the popularity of these tiny gems. Thank you, Carl Arndt. The model railway community will miss your big ideas about trains in little spaces. Rest in peace.